0: Hey folks, before this episode of Podcast on Fire, I want to point you towards the store of our friends at Terracotta Distribution. At shop.terracottadistribution.com you'll find all titles from labels such as 88 Films, Arrow Video, CineAsia, Third Window, Eureka and of course Terracotta's own line of Hong Kong. Taiwanese, Korean, and Japanese titles. Find them at shop.terracotta distribution.com and podcast on fire network listeners. Get 10% off at checkout using the code ETERNALROSE. That's capital E T E R N A L. Capital R O S E. Eternal Rose all in one word. Go to shop.terracotta distribution.com and now let's get on with the show. Welcome to Podcast on Fire on The Cup Tiger from Kwang Tung versus Master with Cracked Fingers. So, let me explain. Because tracking careers is my jam, Uh, but I also love looking at when careers were exploited based on the rise of a performer, however wrong that may sound. But uh, therefore, we find ourselves at an early point in Jackie Chan's career where he, at 17 years old, got his first leading role in Cup Tiger from Kwang Tung, a movie that would have been forgotten had it not been re-edited and had new footage put into it and released in 1979 as master with cracked fingers so Jackie's exploitation was now a thing my name is gonna be and with me is uh, michael scott of the atkins undisputed podcast um, and uh, i'm guessing there's no such thing as atkins exploitation just yet
1: i'm not yet Although there kind of is, he made a movie I think in Kazakhstan called No Surrender that he's in for literally like one scene, and he gets top billing on uh, the credits and all the poster art and everything is him making it look like you know he's the star of the movie. So there is kind of a it's not like traditional Adkins exploitation like we think with Bruce exploitation, but it is still kind of weirdly exploitative uh the, the way they do that with some of the movies that he's been in
0: yeah, and uh, at least no copycats have been turning up like uh like uh, sam uh, Tatkins or something yeah no copycats no uh but, but that, that that's when you know you're ride. Right. i got a copy <laughs> i got a clone the clones of scott uh, we know you as the host of that show but you're the world's most active podcaster and just launched a new one within the feed, I suppose, of uh, the Atkins Undisputed podcast. And if I'm not mistaken, it's uh, it's Action for Everyone is its title. So uh, I love that title. I love uh, anything that reeks of being inclusive. But uh, why don't you tell us uh, about uh, how that came about and what's that about versus the Atkins Undisputed uh, show?
1: Yeah, so we actually rebranded fully You know, Atkins Undisputed for those who don't know, was me doing a a serious deep dive into Scott Adkins career film by film uh, modeled heavily after, you know, what you guys are doing here, um, uh, where I do scripted intros, heavy research, stuff like that. Um, Over the last couple of years, I've become good friends with filmmaker Liam O'Donnell, who directed Beyond Skyline and, and Skylines. And he reached out to me and our other mutual friend, a film critic named Vice Victus, and said he wanted to to do a podcast where we just once a week just kind of shoot the breeze about what's going on in action cinema it's loose it's it's flowing it's it's not intended to be rigorously structured or researched it's a lot more off the cuff kind of thing and and we talk about what movies we've watched what movies are coming out new trailers news stuff like that we Named it Action for Everyone because one of the things I had started doing when I was doing Adkins Undisputed was I wanted to try and create an inclusive environment because action, let's be honest, is a pretty regressive genre. But I had over the years met several women, minorities, non-binary people, trans people who all love action because – we can all unite under the joy of watching somebody get kicked in the face. Uh, I mean, that, that's just universal. And so we decided to go with the name Action for Everyone because uh, we wanted to try and bring in people. You know, we've had some guests on. Uh, we had uh, our my friend uh, Stefano De La Cuesta on a, a little – or De La Cuesta a little while ago talking about how – uh, Zack Snyder's movies helped them come to the realization that they were both pansexual and trans and and how that really in- influenced them, you know, and that's the kind of voice that we want to try and bring. We rebranded the feed because it made more sense for Adkins Undisputed to be a subcategory of action for everyone. And it also frees me up a little bit more uh, because I will fully admit Part of the reason that Adkins Undisputed has been on a bit of a hiatus is because I loved doing the project, but I got to where I was starting to find it really restrictive to not be able to talk. You know, I starting to backdoor in ways to talk about other movies. Uh, And this sort of frees me up in addition to the weekly podcast. If I want to just talk about any other movie uh, and bring a guest on and maybe just talk about a Western or something like that, I can do it now under under this bigger umbrella. So it's a lot more freeing. And frankly, it's a lot more fun to have that that kind of flexibility. You know, kind of like what you do here where you've got It's all under podcast on fire, but you've got your different series that you do uh, like this week in sleaze and stuff like that. I I really wanted to kind of come up with a vehicle to allow me to do that. Um, But I have to give credit where it's due. This was Liam's idea to do this. He's the one that really put this together. But so far, people seem to really be enjoying it. Um, You know, I know it's kind of gauche to talk about numbers and I won't talk about exact numbers, but my numbers have – Basically doubled since we started uh, action for everyone. Um, so, you know, people seem to be responding to it uh, Which is all you can ask for right? You know, you and I talk all the time about you podcast for yourself And you just have to trust that you've got a unique voice and you've got something interesting to say And if those things are true People will want to listen to you and they will find you and so Mm -hmm. far that has proven to be true
0: even if it's the umpteenth show that week on a particular hot topic i always believe that if you have it in you then do talk about it if you don't have it in you then don't uh there are moments uh there are moments like that like like, uh, like for instance uh i'm sure you did one shot uh, before you um uh, not retired the feed but uh, i'm sure everyone was doing one shot that week uh, posting reviews uh, written and podcasts and uh, that's a um moment where you realize well i'm i'm i'm, I'm i don't am i care if i'm drowning within a huge feed of one shot reviews i have something to say
1: well and i also had a little bit of an ace in the hole for one shot i basically actually did an entire week of one shot because i had both um scott on and i had the director james nunn on um and so i actually Other than Ben from uh, the Kung Fu Movie Guide podcast, uh, he and I both kind of did a lot of a lot of had a lot of similar stuff that week. And and I think it's fair to say we we were the two. If you liked one shot. That week from the two of our podcasts, we covered that movie better than anybody else did. Um, I'm not trying to be arrogant, but I I, I I truly believe that Ben and I did way more on that movie than anybody else.
0: You're proud of your work, and that's uh, that's absolutely fine, and, uh, and and you should be. Uh, where can we direct people um, to if they want to find uh, the new podcast? Uh, so uh, Because uh, you're on social media, but uh, obviously, uh, do you have a little link tree set up for the new one as well?
1: I don't have a little link tree set up for the new one. You can find the podcast. If you already subscribe to Adkins Undisputed, your feed automatically updated. If you didn't, you can find it on any podcast app of your choice. Just search action for everyone. Or you can go to Twitter. Um, I, I haven't updated the link tree yet. I need to do that, but you can go to Twitter and just follow us at A4E. So the letter A, the number four, the letter E, A4E podcast uh, on Twitter, and you'll find links to everything there. Um, we're we're housed at, at Anchor, so if you just even if you just are having trouble, just search us on Anchor. But frankly, I, I just googled us the other day, and if you Google Action for Everyone, we come up first, which is awesome. Got to get that SEO action, Kenny. Got to get that SEO action.
0: And you're, and you're you're properly branded as well. The A4E—that's uh, easy to remember for uh, for idiots like me. So uh, you're you're uh, you're properly branded. You you can fit your brand on a on a badge on a sticker.
1: We actually have posters. We have posters, and and we are going to be doing. We didn't. We're not doing it to make any money. But uh, Liam had a friend of his who did the posters for Skylines. Do our logo, and he created a poster for us uh that everybody just flipped out for and so we're like well we kind of do have to do like t-shirts and posters and stickers <laughs> even though that, that wasn't really like something that we were ever thinking about doing but the reaction was just so strong that we owe it to the fans can we owe it to the fans to give them what they want
0: excellent excellent looking forward to uh, the empire being built and uh, taking over the podcast world and you're up there in your in your ivory tower or whatever just chatting about movies you know, not changing at all. <laughs> Sitting there with your golden microphones granted, but still just chatting about movies. I see that in your future. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. We're definitely not going to chat. I'm not really qualified to talk about anything else, to be honest <laughs> with you. Yeah.
0: And uh, this type of show, uh, looking at this early Jackie Chan movie and how it was, uh, that was rebranded, reassembled, uh, destroyed, and glued back together. That's That sort of... Uh, what I like to do, it's not an easy job, this takes uh, this takes uh, work, so we're gonna get into it, and while we won't do extensive reviews on these martial arts films, because they are different films, uh, maybe we'll jump back and forth discussing pros and cons of uh, Cub Tiger, then dip into Cracked Fingers for a while, but, uh, you know, overall, these are moments in a career where you know, some of those looking in from the outside, you know, savvy producers sees an opportunity to crack no pun intended, the marketplace in a timely manner, even if shamelessly so and I love that stuff Uh, I can't get enough of it Uh, that's why I love movies like Fearless Haina 2 the way that came about shameless, shameless, but I love that it came about, and uh, even if it's not a good uh, film, and that's a podcast in itself in the future, but it's prime fodder anyway, all of this, uh, for podcast uh, discussion and uh, we'll, we will we um, will discuss the full, old, original movie and uh, then the emergence of the 1979 recut. Uh, we'll talk us on different versions. Believe it or not, there are four different versions to actually discuss in a way. <laughs> so let's uh, let's get into it and try and make it uh, as clear as we can in audio form. And uh, contact info from our side really briefly. For all your Podcast on Fire network needs, go to our website, podcastonfire.com. You will find social media links and the link to the iTunes feed and to uh, our uh, Stitcher Radio stream uh, feed and uh, to our Instagram and all that good stuff. And um, I'm going to keep it very short and we're going to take you on a musical journey. Uh, uh, 30 seconds or so of music from the Cup Tiger from Guangdong and we're going to be back to discuss that in a short bit. welcome back and this is uh, again the episode where we are going to share our time uh, sharing our notes on the cup tiger from uh, Kwang tung and master with cracked fingers but uh, there is a background section of uh, notes so we're gonna we're gonna get to that Uh, but the plot first of all uh, uh, and this applies to the cup tiger from Kwang tung and it's from hong kong movie database but i added some some bits to clarify so jackie chan portrays uh, xiao hu an adopted Precocious martial arts youth who has been brought up by a semi sadistic foster dad, played by Chen Feng, who is the uh, the master in charge of the Jingwu martial arts school in Fist of Fury. So that's Chen uh, Feng for you. Uh, Jackie's character enjoys uh, sparring with his uh, foster sister when he's not working for his uh, uncle at a at a noodle stand. Uh, Xiao Hu does not know who his real dad is though um, and uh, and uh, he doesn't know that his real dad died absorbing the leg of doom which is the sort of grand uh, power move uh, courtesy of our villain of this piece lu chi played by chen hung late uh the, the eunuch from come drink with me and a genre veteran uh, so uh, what happens is that uh, the chen feng character raises uh, xiao who, and uh, he doesn't know the whole story about his dad, he grows up and continually gets in scuffles with local thugs who are, who are conveniently led by Lucci, who's still here on the scene, so the boy will undoubtedly get his chance at revenge, as long as he's allowed to fight by his foster father, so that's the that's the crux of it all. Uh, so, the background section, and uh, feel free to interject at any time, Michael, uh, any opinions you might have, so, but uh, let's try and tell the sort of production story of The Cub Tiger from Guangdong, it is listed as a 1973 release. Uh, but according to Wikipedia, it was filmed in 1971, so Jackie could have been as uh, as uh, young as 17 years old here. And uh, his appearance, therefore, would have predated his brief on-camera role and stunt work in the mentioned Fist of Fury. And uh, other glimpses we saw of him in movies as Fug, Bandit, etc. So, uh, you know, he, he was around Golden Harvest, for instance. You can see him in um, like Hapkido standing in a doorway behind Angela Mao and so forth. So, uh, he was around. Uh, Cup Tiger from Kwang was expectedly an independent release, uh, and it seems like it was shelved. Uh, but then ultimately shown briefly in 1973, two years later, without breaking any of its stars or box office uh, records. Uh, I couldn't find any notes if it went on export and was released English dubbed, uh, despite it having multiple alternate titles such as Little Tiger from Kuang Little Tiger of Canton, Marvelous Fists even. It might have one, but um, an English dub might have been created, uh, it suits the timeline, uh, but uh, it's certainly not in circulation. No one has seen the original film, I think, uh, dubbed in English and it's certainly not preserved uh, in in even you know a subpar uh, copy online or anything
1: when i was doing my research on this you know i i dug into it too and i i couldn't find any evidence of i mean I'm, i'm i'm sure at some point one was probably created but i think it's it's probably lost you know it's it's probably gone because given the number of different releases this has had which is something we'll talk about later i feel like somebody would have turned up a dub of it that some point down the road if one was still in existence.
0: Uh, it is notable that it's also Jackie's first credit as a martial arts director alongside a young uh, Corey Yun, uh, who him would have been 20 at the time, a uh, fellow a Peking Opera uh, student, Peking Opera brother. And uh, Corey was at the time logging small appearances um, in movies and and across the decade of the 1970s in some of the same films as Jackie Chan, such as Fist of Fury and Hapkido. Uh, But his decade would then include highlights such as being the martial arts director on Joseph Kuo's indie classic Seven Grandmasters. Uh, He was also in the same uh, capacity on Yomo Ping's Dance of the Drunk Mantis. And uh, Corey found further footing in the industry, eventually directing the likes of Ninja in the Dragon's Den. Yes, madam. No retreat, no surrender. Enter the Eagles. So close, etc.
1: My beloved DOA, Dead or Alive which is a movie that I, I, I stand to a ridiculous level. How much I had I
0: fun it. with it. I I, I I knew sort of like, I think this is based on sleazy games, but there are fighting games. And I watched it and I was like, yeah, there's a Hong Kong feeling across uh, um, DOA. It's fine. Absolutely fine.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it looks, you know, especially given some of the more recent Western martial arts movies we've gotten, it, it looks terrific. You know, Corey, Corey, i and not to derail us, but that man has an eye. That man knows how to make a movie look good.
0: That's for sure, and I and I have fond memories of uh, of watching so close. I I love how he uh, ropey CGI aside, there there were fun concepts in there, not just the fighting stuff, but fun concepts, big concepts, and uh, he he had fun making that, and the ladies looked uh, tremendous, obviously. So um, uh, so uh, big love for so close, big love for the Eagles, Michael Wong, damn it. So um. There, there, there is that. There's conflicting reports about who directed The Cup Tiger from Kwangtung, Tung, with some sources naming someone called Chu Mu and others, such as the Hong Kong Movie Database, listing a Nai Hoifong as director. And he is listed as director on the original print. So... If, if we go with that, there, there is a list of credits available for Nai Hoi Fong. Uh, he's a veteran of 200 plus films as cinematographer, dating back to 1948, and he directed 10 films um, as uh, director, which seems to be uh, martial arts uh, focused. Um, it included, for instance, the movie The Story of Drunken Master. I've watched it once, um, so I barely remember anything. Thank God I have a site, so I can look up what I thought of stuff. <laughs> I, I literally didn't remember if I disliked it heavily or what it was. But that, d- d- despite the English title suggesting so, the story of Drunken Master, it wasn't a recap of how Simon Yun's character, Yi became the Drunken Beggar, but it was pretty much your run-of-the-mill kung fu flicks that uses some of its cast members well, sporadically. It's uh, one of many movies that Simon Yoon was in after snake and eagle shadow and drunken master playing a similar type of character i've, I've heard some people saying that arguably simon yoon overworked himself or he got overworked by the industry um appearing in so many movies as that character big or small roles and eventually he died uh, during the making of the magnificent butcher where he was slated to play that character again but um, ultimately uh, ultimately you know uh, uh, none of his footage uh, uh, remains or survives so Nai Hoi Fong also helmed the two Young Hero of Shaolin films uh, from 1984 and 1986, which were featured the character of Fong tsai uh, that Jet Li has played and Alexander Sheng has played in uh, other films. Uh, so yeah, the Cub Tiger from Kwang Tung went away. Jackie stardom was still several years away, we're here in, in the early 70s, uh, let, let's park ourselves in 1973, but he kept at it during the decade, he got several chances to shine under the direction of uh, producer-director Lawway in, for instance, New Fist of Fury. Dragon Fist, Snake and Crane Arts of Shaolin, uh, even as martial arts director um, in these uh, films he was allowed to be creative, but the audience were not responding to the martial arts hero as Law Wei saw him, including as the new Bruce Lee in New Fist of Fury. And and, and I think I, I, I like that run of films well enough, some clunkers, some are very good, some middle of the road, New Fist of Fury is, that, is the low watermark and and I said on the show, I wouldn't have been surprised if we never saw Jackie Chan again because there's no promise there. Problem is, New Fist of Fury in one version is two hours and that's like 40 minutes too long. Uh, so if you can get, uh, get your hand on the Blu-ray that features like the 80, 90 minute version, it helps. You know what I mean? But uh, I don't know if you remember anything from New Fist of Fury, but uh, if there was anything like, oh yeah, here's the promise. But to me, it was just like, Nothing of this suits him and now you're doing the wavy floaty hands like in Fist of Fury. Don't do that.
1: Yeah, the one of that run that I that always stuck out to me is the one that that most I was kind of like, you know, like I did as everybody did when when Jackie broke big um or or when we discovered him, you know, here in the US, you go back and all you could get was this not non-bootleg where these Low A movies, you know, and uh, they even re-released them and rebranded them and stuff. And uh, Spiritual Kung Fu was always the one that sort of stuck out to me as the one where where I I really and again it's been decades since I've seen it. So if I'm, you know, if people are listening and they're like, "Man, Spiritual Kung Fu is awful," it might well be. I don't remember much about it other than my feeling of. That's the one that I I really sort of felt like, okay I can see again the Jackie that he's going to become here. He does some kind of cool, funky hand moves and stuff in it that, that, you know, again, that unique way that he moves that nobody else does. But there's definitely some not great. I remember Killer Meteors being pretty awful too. But yeah, that he's again,
0: not in it that much. He's in it for three scenes. He plays the baddie. It's a Jimmy Wang Yu movie, really, and and, and a complex wuxia film uh, at the same time. Not particularly memorable, but not uh, you can't sell it on um, on on the notion that oh he stars in it. He doesn't. Uh, spiritual Kung Fu is fine. It's a uh, dopey, it's goofy. It's got the uh, ghosts in tutus, and uh, but, but the action is fantastic, uh, and it's good, goofy fun. Um, even if it's uh, really woeful as well, but um, you know uh, that's on Blu-ray as well. And uh, it's, uh, I think it, I, I know you well enough. I think it will be a fun enough rewatch, and uh, you, you'll probably be uh, you're probably right about what you um, what you thought then that there, there are moments here. And um, uh, it really turned out well, but not working for director-producer Law Way because uh, Jackie Chan, as you all know, he went on a two-picture loan deal to season old Film Corporation, and everything changed. Snake and Eagle Shadow and Drunken Master, kung fu comedies, firmly broke the mix of kung fu and comedy with record box office returns. Uh, and then Jackie came back to um, f- finalize his uh, contract with uh, Law Way after that, but. Uh, what happened in the wake of all this. You know you got tons of productions. Uh, happening and shot. With Jackie Chan like heroes. Not saying clones. But uh, Jackie Chan like heroes. Uh, and a comedic bent as well. Two movies and some of these movies. As we discussed even starred. Uh, Simon Yun, Yun Su-Tin. In the legendary iconic beggar character design. From Jackie's breakthrough uh, films. Um, so. We 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 sort of uh, saw. Producers. Uh taking rain and making sure to cash in. And now we see the emergence of um, producers looking back as they look ahead.
1: As they always do. As they always do.
0: (laughs) Meaning that there's an old untapped source here. An old movie that no one knows that we can do something with. That I did. So Because in 1979, a film opened called Master with Crack Fingers. On the original print is Crack and not Cracked. So we're, we're going with that. It makes us snicker and uh, we're 12 years old. But uh, still, th- that's the original title. <laughs> and it starred Jackie Chan. Simon Yoon and Dean Chek, uh, But the newly branded superstar here in 1979, Jackie Chan, had nothing to do with it. He did not provide any uh, newly filmed participation. However, his 1971 or 1973 debut uh, had something to do with it. Because what Crack Fingers did, it used uh, footage from the Cup Tiger from Kwang Tung, combined it with newly filmed footage with Simon Yoon, uh, Korean um, martial arts actor Kwan Yung Moon, Dean Chek, and a Jackie Chan double, or several. And uh, the producers chucked about half of the footage from the Cup Tiger from Guangdong and began to reassemble a product bearing themes and content of Jackie's breakthrough films in the Eagle Shadow and the Drunken Master. They hired Simon Yoon to reprise a variation of his old master character in those films they shot a backstory with uh, jackie's character being trained as a child by the old man and occasionally had simon you interacting with the old footage where he sits in bushes and watches the old movie essentially so it's the it's a sort of godfrey ho technique
1: <laughs> yeah we got we got to pause for just a second on that because that that is just you know we'll probably talk about it more but that is just mind-blowing the way that he does. He's in completely different locations at times when they're doing this. You know, like Jackie will be fighting on like a beach, and and uh, he'll be in Simon Yun will be in like a forest. Um, it is the true proper spirit of these like exploitation cash in movies in that they don't even care about anything resembling continuity or or editing flow or narrative flow or anything like that.
0: It's it's the old Ed Wood uh, quote, at least from, from, from the film, like, nobody will ever notice that filmmaking is about the big picture. But yes, we would notice that, and we do. <laughs> Maybe in the old cropped version, we wouldn't have noticed uh, the the switches uh, between uh, old footage and new footage. But now we have crack fingers in HD, and now it's all evident what they're doing <laughs> for, for better or worse. Uh, and the greatest sin of all, in terms of what they provided for Crackfingers, uh, they, they they shot new footage, as I said. And the greatest sin of all, a fifteen-minute comedy gambling scene with Dean sheck was inserted to bump the local flavor on and commercialism. He's in Snake and Eagle Shadow and Drunken Master and tons of kung fu comedies. Uh, Later, uh, Dean sheck yeah. So uh, we'll we'll get to talk about that. They also set up a fighting technique in Crackfingers uh, that involves a blindfold. So that's how you hide your uh, double. An additional finale was uh, conceived, therefore, with a Jackie Chan double shot in shadows. He has the blindfold on while he's fighting. And uh, while it's not a slightest, in any way, like a good retake of the largely unknown uh, original film, uh, I mean, it has possible new action scenes, crack fingers, but to, to stand with and stand master with cracked fingers, you really need to love the aspect of producers squeezing money out of a hot thing, and I do. I'm sorry, I'm going to hell, but I do. Uh, so it, it's really how Cup Tiger from Kwang Tung did the footage, the footage we got, got its greater exposure since uh, the new film was sold in- internationally and has stayed in circulation via numerous VHS and DVD releases of varying quality. And uh, I always remember a constant... In terms of the cover design for Master with Cracked Fingers, a constant, including the DVD, they always used a a shot from Wheels on Meals. Not even from a Kung Fu film, but from Wheels on Meals, like a sweaty Jackie Chan, probably during the finale with Benefit Jet. That was always the sort of image of Master with Cracked Fingers as it appeared on UK VHS and numerous DVD releases, so...
1: See, that's funny because here in America, they used a shot, a promo shot from Rumble in the Bronx. That's what I always think of. It's him. He's got that he's got in Rumble in the Bronx. He's wearing that black like uh, muscle shirt. And uh, that's what they always used here in the U.S. on those covers, because these all a huge wave of this obviously came out. After Rumble in the Bronx hit it big here and, you know, was number one at the box office and and really finally properly broke Jackie through. So all these cheap cash ins, it feels like they used whatever promo stuff they could get from Rumble in the Bronx over and over and over again.
0: Yeah, look look at anything like the 36 Crazy Fists, um, which uh, speaking of exploitation, it was always sold as a Jackie Chan film. But He appears in it via sort of secretly filmed the behind the scenes footage of the opening. He came in for a day to choreograph like the opening demonstration of the 36 Crazy Fists and then you have the like Jackie punching through at ya black t-shirt 36 Crazy Fists on VHS and DVD starring totally him for a minute. So so yeah I've I've seen that technique like uh, Fantasy Mission 4 starring Jackie Chan punching through black t-shirt. Uh, so so yeah. D- uh, does that mean that you, s- um, even if you've forgotten, do do you think you've watched this uh, recut at some point in the nineties, or you always avoided it because its rep was like don't?
1: Oh no, I watched it. I wa. I mean, I I watched I watched everything. It, I'll plug this at the end, but I actually I I wrote an article just uh, a couple of weeks ago, as the time of recording on. Um, for neon splatter on Jackie conquering Sundance and seeing rumble in the Bronx at, at Sundance. For those who don't know, I live in Salt Lake City, Utah, the home of the Sundance Film Festival. And even before that, I had been acquiring Jackie movies. But, yeah, I mean, I, I got my hands on everything I could. I saw I saw 36 Crazy Fists. I saw Master with Cracked Fingers, uh, Master with Crack Fingers. Sorry, credit words properly due. Um, and. They, they go, you know, I saw Fearless Hyena too um, I do not have the affinity for that movie that you do, primarily because I am a weird guy who will argue that I think Fearless Hyena is better than both Snake in the Eagle's Shadow and Drunken Master. Do not at
0: me, people who are listening. <laughs> you didn't go with the, like, fight me uh, sort of cap to that. It's like <laughs> a don't don't i'm a sensitive guy don't
1: (laughs) (laughs) but so i i I remember getting a vhs 2 pack it was fearless hyena and fearless hyena 2 and i watched fearless hyena and was just blown away like the training scenes in that movie are insane um and then watching fearless hyena 2 and going
0: oh and in reality you were sort of re-watching spiritual kung fu at points because they reused footage from spiritual kung fu for fearless hyena 2
1: (laughs) yep yep and uh you know, so I, I, have seen all of these, you know, most of the time, I mean, rewatching master with crack fingers for this. Um, I, I clearly had just downloaded and dumped watching that movie because I remembered nothing about it. You know, and that's what I did with a lot of those Jackie movies is just the only one that I really have any clear memory of is, is fearless hyena too. Again, because I was just so angry watching it <laughs> immediately after fearless hyena.
0: Yeah. Uh, it shouldn't be double built, really. It shouldn't be. No,
1: no, it it should not be. Uh, it's not doing anything, any any services. Um, because it's almost so bad, it makes you retroactively think less of fearless hyena. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I I absorbed all this stuff. I took all, I, If I saw Jackie's name, I I just I watched it uh, until a certain point. I, I think I got a little wiser, you know. And what was funny is there's some semi-classic Jackie movies that I haven't seen because I think I had OD'd on the cheap Jackie knockoffs and the low-way movies to the point. So, like, I have never seen uh, Dragon Lord or Young Master. I've, I, I, those are two that have just missed me.
0: Dragon Lord is one of my favorite uh, Jackie Chan movies. It's It barely has any fighting action in it, but it's got the physical dexterity that just makes your your jaw drop and then you got a painful stunt finale but uh re- really if i can encourage you to 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 watch it go in watching it for the entertainment factor not for the fight factor Uh for, for the ouch factor eventually it's a fantastic little movie
1: and and those are just there too because the other problem is is right around this time i also discovered you know i sort of as i was absorbing all this stuff over five years or so that i prefer modern action-based jackie like as opposed to period piece Jackie, because at the same time I was discovering Jet Li and really enjoying his, you know, Jet Li and Donnie Yen and really enjoying their period piece movies more than I sort of enjoy Jackie's, which is really the only reason I haven't watched Dragon Lord and young master yet. Um, just simply because I like, you know, police story Jackie more than period piece martial arts Jackie, but that's just a, you know, like I'm an old, we were all making this shit up as we went along, right? We were all just trying to get our hands on whatever we could get our hands on circa 1992 or 1993 when we were trying to find all this stuff. And so you just, you watched whatever you could. And so I'm certain I watched Master with Crack Fingers, but uh, I, I did not, I had purged any memory of it until you made me watch it like four times for this podcast. <laughs>
0: Well, well, uh, I watched a variation of all of this four times. Uh, Mikey only had to do two variations of this, to be fair, to be fair unless he rewatched uh, the two feature edits I gave him twice, but uh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, over the years, not only has a rough print of the original Cup Tiger from Kuang Tung emerged, uh, first on Japanese DVD, but also the fact that, as we just touched on, that this film has four versions, essentially. The original, Carp Tiger from Kwang Tung, made in 71, released in 73, then went away. The Asian version of the 1979 Cracked Fingers recut. The English version of the recut, which is different, and I'll get to that. It's, uh, it's not only dubbed, it's different. And also the version in the US that Dick Randall bought, um, and he produced a new English dub track for it and released it as Masterways Cracked Fingers. He then sold his rights to 21st century distribution, and it was given a small theatrical release in 1981 as Snake Fist Fighter. Uh, it got a sweet trailer in the process. I'm going to link to this, but look, look it up right now if you like. Uh, the trailer for Snake Fist uh, Fighter contained oral testimonials from actual audience, in quotation marks, commenting on having seen Jackie in Battle Creek Brawl, a.k.a. The Big Brawl. Uh, so uh, the voice of a woman, for instance, comes in and says, I think Jackie Chan's the sexiest. I can't wait to, to see him tear off his shirt in the Snake Fist Fighter totally real person that thinks that way uh, and another voice comes in and says Jackie Chan is one mean mother bleep because you can't do that in the promo uh, mostly all of this takes uh, place over stills from the film it also has some footage from Drunken Master and some from the daytime blindfold fight and uh, this uh, I'll, 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 I'll get to that uh, detail about the daytime blindfold fight uh, this version that i'm talking about snake fist fighter master with cracked fingers for the us it's actually the shortest uh, version and it has been seen the most internationally that would be the one you you watched uh, back in the day Uh, but let's break down some basic differences between uh, between uh, all of this uh, that makes sense to do in audio form so the asian version of the 1979 edit master with cracked fingers and its english version play out the same until we get to the final fight The Asian version essentially splits its conclusion between a daytime finale and a nighttime finale. Because we see uh, the the baddie of this one, Kwan Yung Moon. He oversees men uh, fighting, which is then intercut with flashes of the harbor fight from the original, which is its finale. And then he interrupts uh, this this, uh, monitoring, and then he beats up some of the men. Then we cut to our Jackie Chan double training at night using a blindfold and first uh, as the fight kicks off he's approached by two henchmen with the uh, weapons he fights them kwan Young moon observes there's some dialogue exchange about fighting without the blindfold but it stays on because it's a jackie chan double you can't show him uh, ever two fight and then curiously <laughs> the conclusion hinges on Quan Young moon slipping on a stone and then jackie taking advantage and then wins it because of an accident uh, at points in the scene there are further flashbacks from the harbor fight in Cup Tiger from Kwang Tung uh, so we get a sense of Jackie Chan being present so to say and uh, I'm sure you recognize the music during this ending because they swiped the uh, the score from Dawn of the Dead by Goblin uh, the, uh, the, the iconic beat
1: just stood out like a oh yeah absolutely
0: so that was out someone had that LP in their crate so let's put it in and this finale during the night also reveals that the blindfold is kind of see-through. <laughs> that's what I mean. Like, he, can't, he can see through that thing. So that's the Asian version of the 1979 recut, the uh, nighttime fight finale. The English version that, uh, of, of Master with Cracked Fingers uh, gets another end fight entirely. The, the crew shot two of them. It features Kwan Yung Moon. Xiang Kam, uh, the big fellow from Snake and Eagle Shadow, and uh, Simon Yun, And the latter sits on a bench outside of that arena to comment intermittently. And uh, Jackie's double takes on Xiang Kam in a fight leaning more towards comedy. And uh, the, the latter demonstrates a few different styles. I think he says like pig's foot and fish style. Jin shek turns up briefly in reaction shots um but he's not in the end fight and eventually kwan yung moon and the jackie chan double put on blindfolds and the aim of course is to avenge his uh, father's murderer It's the same plot as in the original but uh, it's a different fight concept so it's uh, both a hand-to-hand and weapons fight involving poles and swords and as soon as the villain is out the film is over so it's interesting how in asia they um Produced uh, alternate uh, alternate end fights, and we'll get, we'll get to it later. Which one plays better, I suppose? A master with cracked fingers or Snake Fist fighting in the U.S. As I said, is the shortest edit of the bunch. Uh, you know, thank God, <laughs> it's, the, it's the shortest and less painful. Uh, it features a new English dub. It has the daytime fight finale, but its editorial choices were focused on removing comedy. Removing as much as they could from the Dean Czech and Simon Yun uh, big gambling slapstick fighting scene. Uh, it's about 4 or 5 minutes shorter which still means it's about 10 minutes. And that is a long a long time to see Dean Czech do his thing. And um, but, but yeah, it is the shortest edit of the bunch so you're out quicker. There's also a 4 minute deleted scene from the German version. With uh, Jackie as a kid dealing with and fighting opponents in a comedic way. And this then transfers to the flips that jackie does that's from the opening credits of cop tiger from quantum uh, and uh, anything and to cut with new footage with simon Newton. Uh, but the german deleted scene i think is from a different movie because it's not the it's not the same kid as we see in master with cracked fingers uh a little seven year old or six year old it's a different kid it's slightly older but but i think it's from a different film and the german version for like, hmm. We need to add some fire to this, (laughs) to this. Do we have any old film lying around with a kid doing uh, comedic stuff, fighting adults? Well, insert it into the film. Uh, And I mentioned the scene because it's available on the German Blu-ray as an extra as well. So uh, that's that. But essentially, what was the new footage and story for the 1979 version versus the original Cup Tiger? Like what was changed, added, removed? And I think we can break down some basics uh, despite not having visual aids uh, to um, to do so. Uh, its focus was on comedy, Master with Cracked Fingers. It coincided with the trend of Kung Fu and uh, and comedy, and Jackie helped break that combination. So Master with Cracked Fingers goes for wide appeal, even if it doesn't do it well at all. So it capitalizes on the appearance of Simon Yuen as the iconic uh, beggar character that's a master of Kung Fu. And uh, there's a master and student relationship from the likes of Snake and Eagle Shadow and Drunken Master appearing here as... Uh, as well so they replicate plot beats it injects continuous stretches of uh, new footage with the two you know depicting their interaction uh, as the beggar teaches the kid and then also teaches the adult um, which uh, makes us have scenes uh, of jackie chan's double shot from behind and in the dark and it's mixed with Slapstick in the extended cameo by Dean Shek, as we said. So all this again meant that about 45 minutes were ejected from Cup Tiger from *Kwang Tung. But um, the, the two versions still shares content to a degree and uh, trophy plotting. Uh, it has added uh, added elements... Um, and and another uh villain um, and jackie's character works towards avenging his father that's the similarities but some of the things we lost from cup tiger from Kwan Tong is actor hon Kwok choi's little frog or pickpocket character uh, he was a big victim of editing because he has a dramatic subplot in the original he's unhappy with his life and then he meets his grandma or mother which he hasn't seen for a long time and they have a little crying scene together uh, and uh, so that subplot was was cut out uh, that pickpocket saves Jackie's foster father from a burning house at one point, uh, so that was removed uh, to make room for 15 minutes of Dean Check, I suppose. Uh, there's a woman who's the victim of rape who gets more seen in the original version, and that business is kept briefer in the 1979 version. And uh, notably, also the time, the scenes with Jackie and his foster father and sister, they they have more time to maneuver in the original version. And uh, with the character Chen Feng plays really hammering home that Jackie is not allowed uh, to fight. And uh, brother and uh, sister, they bond uh, uh, because she's injured at one point and Jackie treats her and that is cut out as well. And then finally, uh, Master with Cracked Fingers obviously features its own final fight. There are two versions of it. So the original fight finale was cut to less than half of its original length because... The movie can't go on uh, forever. But um, as the movie.censorship.com report states, Cup Tiger from Quang Tong may not be great, but it loses, uh, you know, it becomes uh, incoherent really when mixed and matched with the re-edit with a different agenda tonally. The original, as you well know now, uh, Mikey, because uh, you have watched it, the original was not a comedy. So it, they had to inject, eject uh, melodrama and uh, dramatic subplotting to make room for... Uh, for Nonsense that we get, but uh, so to, tonally the two are different, but um, that's um, that's the background. I think uh, we should get into the basics of which one do we prefer? Do we prefer any of these? And, uh, I mean, there's takeaways here watching the d- these two uh, films, um. Even Promise, since the Kung Fu in the original had a gritty, loud sense, uh, like it's a basher, essentially. And that's that loud sense is in the choreography. But it really is glimpses that we are witnessing here in 1971. Uh, This wasn't a production to show a breakout voice in that department or in any department. It's really an old, tropey, stock martial art film that shows Promise. But it's way better than Master with cracked fingers because that is all over the joint, as it's been, you know, reassembled and duct taped together. So, if if, if I would say anything, well, it it it's a better watch, the Cup Tiger from Tung versus Master with cracked fingers. But it's certainly not a hidden gem. So, so why don't we throw it to you? Uh, do, do do you have a do, do, have you made a determination that you prefer one over the other?
1: I didn't hate Cub Tiger. I I simply didn't. I watched it and I was like, this is a tropey, bog standard, basic 1970s kung fu movie. But it's, I think, actually a relatively... I wouldn't say it's a hidden gem, but I think it's a relatively effective tropey, bog standard 1970s kung fu movie where you are, like you said, it's elevated by glimpses. There's a scene where... The one that stands there's two big scenes that stand out to me. One is where Jackie's foster father is throwing uh, potted plants at him and Jackie is catching them and putting them down and he ends up catching one you know, with his feet. And you're like at 17 years old, he's already like you can already see his brain thinking about how can I do this differently? How can I make something unique here? I mentioned it earlier. I think the thing, one of the most amazing things about Jackie is nobody moves like him. You know, I, I what I love about all of those the brothers from the 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 uh, Peking Opera School that they 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 came out of, you know, him and uh, Yumgu and and Samo and Cory Yun and uh, Yunhua. They 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 all move in such distinctly identifiable ways, uh, and it, it, so that if you just saw silhouettes you'd be like, oh, that's Jackie and that's you and And even at 17, Jackie still moves like that. I-, I thought that was, you know, that was kind of just fascinating to see. I will also admit I, I did actually fist pump. Uh, you know, this is a spoiler, but you know what? It's Cub Tiger from Quang Tongue, what, whatever. Um, where, you know, of course, you mentioned in your plot synopsis, the whole thing is Jackie's not allowed to fight. and And at the very end, uh, the harbor fight, which is the finale, and we'll talk about, you know, how it's not in the new ones. Tian Fang's character finally is like, shall you fight? And Jackie just immediately goes off and starts kicking the crap out of people. Like, I'm sorry, I am a simple man with simple needs in life. And that filled that for me. Switching over to Master with Cracked Fingers, whichever version you're talking about. I found it to be borderline insufferable to watch. <laughs> um, I, I I thought it was just really uh, I guess if I had to pick one version, I think the Asian version is probably the best because I do think that nighttime fight the 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 daytime fight in the English version and the international version is one just filled with awful comedy.
0: It should have been cut in half, really, uh, and, and just had the Chan double and Kwan Young Moon as its sole concept.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And so unbelievably slow in its choreography. You know, I I get a lot of pushback sometimes from people where they're like, well, I don't like old school Kung Fu because it just looks like a dance and it just looks like they're doing motions. Well, when you watch a good one, it doesn't matter when you watch something like five deadly Venoms. And yeah, you can see it's highly choreographed, but they're moving at such a pace and it's undercranked a little bit and, and everything. This was just slow. This looked like I feel like a kid's karate class (laughs) or a kid's kung fu class, you know, doing katas, basically. Like, I I thought that fight was just... And then the comedy was just... uh, Just totally blanked on his name, but the comedy with the guy from Drunken Master was just so totally... And the dub was atrocious. I
0: I mean, it's the manifestation of uh, that producers, uh, they say dollars, but uh, that doesn't mean they crank out quality as likely not all, not all producers and directors could give us um, good imitators some could but uh, the, the genre really turned into largely a, a one of um, imitation and um, capitalizing and that means you can't spend time being autistic, necessarily uh, so that shows up in cracked fingers for sure it's interesting by, by the way that you talk of uh, Jackie Chan moving one of my takeaways is that He's so young here, he's fresh out of Peking opera school, so he does an awful lot of acrobatic work here. Uh, the, those multiple flips that he does during the opening credits of Cup Tiger von Kwang Tung, that cracked fingers restructures into. Uh, be, be, uh, because the credits pause, right? In the original. So that's when they insert Simon Yoon to say something. Uh, Do that technique. And then they continue using that footage from eight years earlier. Uh, so I, I think it was rather neat to see him do these uh, multiple flips and tumbles uh, or or whatever to really show off his physical prowess because that wasn't really the focus of his martial arts choreography throughout the decade. Uh, to to replicate these picking Opera moves or anything, so I thought that was really really neat to see that he uh, was uh, at the top of his game physically and uh, that's his training
1: this one feels more like a jackie chan movie than a lot of the movies that he made in the 70s to be honest with you i was really kind of surprised about that that he almost regret you can almost see you know because this comes out right around the same time as fist of fury and and then obviously bruce lee takes off and you can almost see the regression here like he already knew the type of star that he wanted to be at the age of seventeen. You can see it in this one, and then he has to regress and try and be this Bruce Lee knockoff.
0: And he and he went away for a while as well. He he went to Australia to work with his uh, father, I believe, and then he got uh, sort of coaxed back to um, to Hong Kong to like just try, just work, just continue. Your break will come, and it certainly certainly did. But uh, he. Um, he was discouraged uh, after a few years of doing this.
1: This one does, you know, for people who haven't seen it, if you do see it, you can see a Jackie Chan movie in there. It does feel like it, uh, which was I did not actually having, you know, vague recollections of Master with Cracked Fingers. I I went into Cub Tiger with the lowest possible expectations. And I'm again, I'm not going to go as far as to call it a good movie or a hidden gem or anything, but I was actually just
0: quite pleasantly surprised it's a full movie an actual movie
1: (laughs) yeah yeah it's got narrative arcs and you know and and i really think one of the big mistakes that they make with Crack fingers is cutting out that pickpocket you know cutting his role way way down because he's sort of the moral narrative arc of the movie right he he's the one that gives us our pathos and our emotion throughout the movie and uh and they cut him down for 15 minutes of dean (laughs) check
0: (laughs) <laughs> yeah, 1979, damn it, that was the right choice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I can certainly sit through it, but it doesn't spike for me as much as uh, it does for you, I think. Uh, it's low budget, it can't escape its low budget, uh, even though the choice of shooting on rundown locations and in uh, using ex- exteriors that. Uh, Makes this feel like the small town that it is, this rural, rural edge where this small community actually contains uh, violence. Uh, you know, they, they have that town, they have a town street, uh, but even in HD, there's no way to escape a low budget. It really feels like an indie movie, and it it, it never really transformed the film into a good gritty where you know a small time, a uh, small town containing big crime and even death uh, rearing its head. Uh, it really never became effective uh, for me. But you know, even the likes of the seasonal films that Jackie, uh, where he bro- broke through in, where he had his breakthrough, they look like this. So it doesn't mean that the, this look is the kiss of death for a movie or anything. You know, where it, if you provide effort and skill and a fun narrative or a serious narrative that, that engages, then it, it doesn't matter if uh, your movie is uh, an indie, uh, shot on standing, uh, broken down uh, locations or anything. So. Um, it's a negative here. I can't get into it that much, but it's not a negative trait automatically. Anything that uh, n- not everything can and should look like a Shaw Brothers uh, film on fa- on on uh, on, uh, on fakey uh, uh, movie town streets. or Anything. So
1: yeah, and that that's one thing I really did, and that's one thing that stood out in Master with Cracked Fingers is that a lot of the reshoots uh, with Simon Yen were very clearly on a soundstage, and they're intercutting that with footage from Cub Tiger that's very clearly on location and, uh, and so the lighting and, and everything is just completely off
0: um, and it all leans there towards being a basher as well which is the, my greatest takeaway from Cub Tiger from Guangdong that it you know the brawls and beatings are harder and grittier in intent there's no dramatic style here and it kind of at points looked the part really well and Jackie does as well you beating up people, you know, not not through um, comedic shenanigans or a balletic uh, style. Uh, that's it's just um, I want to say desperation uh, as a character, but uh, it fits the timeline. the the 1970s, the, the early 1970s, leaned towards these uh, bashers with uh, brawls and beatings that were harder and grittier in in intent, and uh, it makes it all the more fun to see that a very jo- young Jackie Chan is. Um, he, he comes off as uh, fairly powerful in a couple of these uh, these scenes and the action that he co-choreographed shows flare and inventiveness in this framework you know uh, again he, there, there, there's no stunt showcase here but uh, that grit was fun for me You know, I, I, you know at one point uh, he fights a guy in muddy water and they're throwing each other around and it, it's all about beating the crap out of this guy and that action design we, we, even in small movements like Jackie following through with his punches to create a sense of power. That's rather uh, impressive for someone young who has an idea or ideas together with yoon to make this movie stand out and be powerful this way. You know, It's a stock and tropey film, but the action aspect, even in this very battered print with barely any color in it, it really stood out in a positive way. I've always liked that I could take away that from Cup Tiger from Kwang um, Tung, and even even if I don't connect to the drama in in between. But um, I think that uh, that aspect stands out. If that was something you uh, you thought of, that this uh, leans more towards uh, uh, loud and powerful brawls rather than balletic kung fu.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, and and again, I don't want to like oversell the movie in terms of my reaction to it. If this wasn't a historical archive that we're we're viewing through the lens of 50 years of history it, it wouldn't stand out it wouldn't be that impressive but knowing what we know now about jackie chan you know it, it, i find this one to be fascinating in a way that a lot of his other earlier movies just aren't you know and, and you know you mentioned how it's a brawler and it, it made me think of uh how he looks in something like Kirk Wong's crime story where, again, that's the thing with Jackie when when, you know, we always think of Jackie as this comedian. But when he decides, well, back in the day when he decided to go serious, he could be convincingly powerful as a, you know, a guy who's just a beater who just beats people up. Definitely. Definitely. You know, and 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 you do get that sense here. There's a he's got a real rage in this movie that I think is 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 pretty impressive. I mean, again, he's 17 years old in this,
0: and even if he would have been 19, it would, uh, like it would have still been impressive. Yeah, you know? uh, because he's a new performer, he really is, and uh, it's his first lead role. Uh, that's a lot of responsibility, even on a cheap ass production. You know.
1: And he doesn't look like a kid like he looks like an adult i mean he does not look like what i would expect a 17 year old jackie chan to have looked
0: like yeah he's been shaped um, as a man and uh, close to adulthood and so certainly physically at his peak and um, and uh, all of that and the the be- uh, to, to further sort of elaborate on that the action beats are kind of interesting when he leaps into action breaking up the rape scene That step is interesting and powerful because it goes from, you know, I can't fight because Foster Father says not to, but morally I need to step in here. And those young creative instincts are very interesting to see. I I wrote in my notes, and I'm sure this only makes sense to me, but if you need to complete 10 steps towards a, a great fight scene, their choreography completes like three or four, even five good steps towards a great fight scene. Their instincts are very well developed even dramatically because in, in that scene someone is being raped and he wants to step in and he does and he doesn't step in mildly he steps in with with power and that's a good uh, he's always on, already on his way to understanding uh, the drama and fight scenes combined and how it needs to work for audience to, to react of course uh, to do it centering around a rape scene isn't necessarily the most classy choice to evoke drama. But uh, yeah, that's what this movie does. And it has some nudity as well in that scene. So it wanted to play to a crowd. Even an early 70s crowd. That uh, there's, uh, there's flesh in this movie as well. So those uh, glimpses. Even in this battered print. They're, they're they're nice to take to heart. And, and there, are, there are some hard and lengthy exchanges. Between Jackie and Shen Hung Leet. During the finale. That are really um, interesting to see as well. They're, they're, they're fast. And they're powerful and, uh, and they feel hard as they should. It's a bit of a lengthy finale granted but uh, still uh, th- there are some positive notes for uh, for those uh, fight scenes and most of that was uh, only shown in glimpses in Master with Cracked Fingers because you couldn't tag another fight finale when you had a fight finale. It's one of the more odd choices that they, they were I guess stuck with in Master with Cracked Fingers. Well we have the originals finale that needs to be shorter because we need to add a new one but i you you kind of get as an audience member, don't you think well we, we, we when you get the sense of yeah, that was the fight finale and they're not done, sometimes that's not a good um, structural idea, but these are the makers of master with cracked fingers after all, so you know good ideas are plenty we uh, there's not
1: <laughs> yeah the the one thing I will give credit to Master with cracked fingers too is I don't know who the editors were, but hats off to them for doing the job that they did do not in terms of a narrative but just in terms of you know like you mentioned the opening credits pause and and them having the foresight to say okay so we'll we'll put simon Ewan in here to say now do this move you know to make it try and flow as seamlessly as it could it doesn't work but i i you know You and I both edit podcasts, which isn't even on the same level as editing film. And we know how hard editing can be. So as I was watching it, I'm like, well, I do have to give a little credit to the editors here because they they completely rearranged a lot of this in ways that isn't atrociously bad
0: yeah i agree i agree i mean uh, i i think it might be more noticeable in widescreen hd and maybe not as noticeable back in the day when you when you bought or rented this uh, because uh maybe the, the the quality of the footage uh had similar color and similar yeah s- similar degradation so maybe it didn't look that uh, uh terribly dissimilar but uh but yeah i'll i'll say this about master with cracked fingers I, i've kind of moved away from my Cup tiger notes Conceptually, it could have been more lively and fun and goofy because of what they did with it. You know, at least the thought occurred to me when you, when the movie starts and you get this uh, new preamble to the dramatic story with Quan Yung Moon and it's sort of fun to list the changes and additions, but truth of the matter, that fun dies a quick death and doesn't rear its head that often at all. Uh, even though i think this has better action at points but we have to wait for the better action to occur because it does occur during the finale so that sense of like oh yeah there's the new footage that's kind of goofy that they combined old and new that sense of fun and entertainment did not carry me through this movie at all so um you know p- pulling a dull movie apart and fucking with it and duct taping it back together it's appealing to me conceptually but you need to do it really well for me to stick with it for 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 90 minutes of this cut and paste uh, stuff Quan uh, kwan Yung moon by the way um if uh, anyone has seen the eric Tsang movie the loot uh, he's in that uh, very exemplary martial arts uh, martial arts film he's south korean so um He's certainly uh, talented. He's uh, training and cracking uh, uh, jars here at the beginning and then occasionally appears in like five seconds. I don't know if you noticed this. It's so fast. They insert him for like two or three seconds or five seconds every now and again. So someone walks in. This has happened. Go! And then <laughs> that's it. They, they don't linger on his appearance uh, that much before no, um, not at all. Uh, before the finale again. So it, it, it and, and he gets two looks as well. He, he gets the... Um, Uh, the look of the past and then the long head gray head look uh, for uh, for the rest of the film so that's kind of kind of funny but you know what i mean like conceptually the way they just restructured it and just messed with it messed with this movie i I sort of wish that would have been a more entertaining sort of aura around master with cracked fingers but that is just in thought only when you start to list it it sounds like fun the way they insert themselves into it but that dies a quick death and it, if it had not died a quick death at the beginning it would have been once we reached the 15 minute in check scene you would have been so tired so quickly of the new footage because it goes on and on and it's awful but uh, uh, we, we, we'll uh, we'll get to that as well i wanted to also say before i maybe turn over to you simon yoon's mandarin dubber because uh, we watched the asian version in mandarin here It's abrasive to say the least. Simon is performing it calmly enough. He's the quirky beggar. But his dubber is raspy and nearly shouts all his lines. Like You you, you can just imagine Simon saying like, Hey kid! Originally. The dubber goes with, Hey kid! And it's entirely annoying that it's loud. Maybe it's just my old age. Like, calm down. Calm down. Chill. But it it was a noticeable element for me that... uh, there was no need to sort of um, add, add intensity on, on that level. But but yeah.
1: Yeah, I think it's fair to say that all three of the dubs are just atrocious. And look, I'm not one of those guys. Like, look, I, I enjoy the value of a good old fashioned Shaw Brothers dub or, you know, something like that. But uh, these are. They're not, you know, they're not the worst dubs I've been subjected to on this show because I still stand by the English black mask dub is the worst dub that I've ever heard in my life.
0: But, um, but they are. Robbie you and me. Let's just say that.
1: <laughs> but, um but they are. Yeah, they're just, they're not good. They're all. Horribly over the top, like you said, and just grading, um, you know, the Dean Shek dub in the the English and international versions is also I just found to be even more insufferable than Dean Shek in the Mandarin version, which is tough to do
0: but um do, do, do you remember by the way um did, did, did you take away from especially Snake the Eagle Shadow that there was an endearing interaction between Jackie Chan and Simon Yoon there, there there was a little bit of heart there which which certainly doesn't show up here as he teaches the young boy uh, concentration by um, putting him into a bag with snakes and the likes but do, do do you remember that at all it's always my favorite memory from Snake the eagle Shadow that I thought, I thought it was rather touching. At points, uh, it's a it's a father son relationship in a movie that you didn't expect an element like that to be good.
1: Yeah, no, I I agree, uh, I I do, and 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 that's the thing. It's hard to blame Simon Yun here because I mean, obviously this is a paycheck for him, right? Like this is a a cash in paycheck for him, and he was hot property, and he's doing what he does, uh, but. Yeah, I just think and again. It's these retroactive re edits are always just so. I'm with you. I, I have the affinity for them because I think they're so fascinating. But they're they're also just they're almost doomed from the start because think think about being an actor trying to be in this. You know, I almost think there is a that is part of the reason that the last fight kind of comes alive is because that's entirely new footage for everybody, right? They, they and, and don't so, rely
0: on anything. The Cub Tiger from Kwang Tung didn't have a nighttime finale to to insert in there. It's uh, it's their 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 new concept on display.
1: Yeah, and and whereas for the rest of the movie, he's gotta like watch a scene of Jackie Chan and pretend like he's interacting with this guy who's not even there. Um, that's that, that can't be an enviable position for any actor to be in, right? Like you just the, the your craft is not going to be at its best when you're working under those circumstances.
0: And and also, you know, I, I mentioned that uh, I, I perked up a little bit watching Monster with Cracked Fingers because I, I wanted to feel like, yeah, these new changes, they're going to be entertaining. Uh, the sort of spot where Cobb Tiger starts and stops I and mean, new footage uh, starts and stops, that's going to be fun, but tedium really sets in. Quite quickly. Granted. Watching these two back to back. It's easy to feel tedium. Watching this one. But. Uh, I, for, for a while. As I said. I, I did find myself. Being into it. Slightly when new footage. Uh, appeared. And. To, to sort of see. How it acts. As. Uh, how, what it represents. Uh, what. Well, representative the new glue. And to see. If they pull off the illusion. That. They're shooting. With a Jackie Chan double. And they don't. Uh, I don't know. If it's more obvious. Now. In widescreen and HD, or if it was obvious to to your nineteen ninety two eyes as well, that that guy isn't Jackie. The guy that's shooting from behind in the dark never shows his face, and his hair is different. Like there, there's really no good effort on display here to sell us on the illusion that oh yeah, look at this new scene with Jackie Chan. He's a man. He's blindfolded. That's Totes Jackie. Uh, I don't know if you have any memory memory of or or just a memory of a feeling that. This doesn't seem right.
1: I mean, I definitely have memory that it doesn't seem right. Uh, Very much the same thing, uh, my memory of watching Fearless Hyena* 2. You know, it just doesn't feel
0: right here. Like, there's... He's got glasses and a fake mustache on. Something doesn't feel right.
1: (laughs) Well, and like here, yeah, I mean, his his physicality, his build. Again, you know, being the big action nerd that I am and the guy that, that, you know, is literally sort of built his entire brand on doing things like analyzing choreography and and physicality and actors like he doesn't even move, you know, at least with the best of like the Bruce Lee clones, the Bruceploitation stuff, you know, like movies like Dynamo or something like that. You get people that actually move and they, they've spent so much time or or, you know, even in modern era, Danny Chan has spent so mm-hmm. much time modeling himself after Bruce Lee. He moves and looks like Bruce Lee. This guy doesn't move. The slightest like like Jackie. He he doesn't look like him. He doesn't move like him. And I I find it fascinating that we keep referring to him as this guy because none of the credits, nothing that I was able to find even says who he is. Uh, I don't I have no idea.
0: It's either someone completely unknown or no one has been able to spot who it is. It certainly doesn't look like Yun Biu or anything. Yun Biu is uh, the double people and even double Bruce Lee in Game of Death, but it certainly doesn't look like they used him or anything. It looks like uh, a couple of unknowns.
1: Yeah, and, and Yun Biu is on on Wikipedia. He's listed as an extra in this. Uh, yeah, but he's, he's, he's also- in the
0: original cup Tiger from It's Tung. It's the, it's the uh, advantage of HD that uh, he's uh, him and Moss. Again from the Peking Opera School, they're fighting henchmen in *Cup Tiger* from Tung. super young as well. Uh, so he's definitely in it uh, as a fighting extra.
1: Yeah, and I, I to- actually totally missed him in that. Um, but it's definitely not him. I like it, it's it's clearly not him um, doing the uh, doing the doubling of Jackie.
0: Even with a blindfold on, you can sort of say like one, it doesn't look like Jackie. Two, it doesn't look like anyone we recognize from the crew. That uh, did these things around around these times. Uh, in in some of these movies, you you can s- sometimes spot even when they double Jackie very well that yeah you can be that was him and you know for a second and you 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 sort of know uh, if you're a veteran viewer or even if you're not a veteran viewer you might be able to spot like yeah that's a uh, that's you know I've seen that guy. Let's address... Uh, we're not quite done yet. Uh, I don't care if this runs uh, long. It's uh, it's uh, our duty damage to document uh, Cub Tiger and Cracked Fingers and then be done with it. So, <laughs> And one thing we should never watch again is the, uh, is the Dean Sheck scene. Dean Sheck is someone who knew his role very well during this time. On-screen performer, obviously, co-founder of Cinema City. We owe a great debt to what he brought to uh, cinema as a producer. Not necessarily as a performer. Uh, but he knew his role and assignment very well, and uh, during Kung Fu comedy he um, he acted up a storm for, for a couple of minutes each movie, you know, which was annoying enough. But here we get a full reel, almost, of the perceived, I say perceived, sellable element of uh, wacky stuff, Kung Fu and comedy. And Jackie Chan's double is in this scene, and it's it's my only belly laugh watching this movie. I love how Jackie Chan's double, who, who's cropped out anyway because they, they shouldn't show him, he's thrown off the screen by Simon Yun. <laughs> he's thrown behind a screen you know, when someone cha- a screen where someone changes their clothes. I suppose he's just thrown out of the scene. I I I loved so much at that. <laughs> That's a choice. Uh, they, it seems like they didn't didn't need to have him there at all but um, they, they still did what they did. So that's enough of that. He's totes in the movie but we we'll give you Simon and Dean. So there's a game gambling fighting scenario here and you get so numb so quickly listening to the grating horse banter of Simon Yoon's dubber versus the high pitched dubbing of uh, Dean Sheck and there's continual nonsense of mahjong fist and comedic choreography with Dean Shek versus uh, a Finn Simon Yun double. He was an older man. He couldn't do Kung Fu through and through. He was doubled. And on it goes. On it goes. And Dean Shek is hit on the head. So there's slapstick uh, like that. His force-fed a pipe. He's farted on, I think. Or well, I just imagined that. Uh, oh. And there's lots of, perhaps, wordplay about circles and gambling vocabulary. But nothing of this reeks of clever puns or writing. It's just awful and extended at one point Popeye the Sailor Man thing crops up as Dean sheck has been fed medicine w- what it is Mike is it's a content in one of three or four Dean sheck appearances in Kung Fu comedies and it's, it's awful most of the time when we just get the, the three or four minutes we get with Dean but here they devote almost an entire reel of him and it's Whatever charm I I thought the cracked fingers insertions represented, you know, the new footage, that's just gone. I hate everything now and everyone should die because they did this. And it's in a completely awful 15-minute sequence Uh, and I blame it all on Dean Shek. I love Simon too much much to, to blame it on The Elder. I'm not going to, but it's an awful scene and I hated every second of it. (laughs) (laughs)
1: well uh tell us how you really feel bud yeah um so you know it's funny uh obviously my introduction to dean shack was a better tomorrow too and i'm not the biggest fan of hong kong uh and chinese comedies and so i haven't really for all the, the Hong Kong cinema that I've watched, I haven't really delved too much into the comedies. So in my mind, Dean Chek was always just the guy, the very cool, awesome guy from A Better Tomorrow 2. I know some people don't like that performance, it, it, I love It's it. a
0: It's a dignified performance, goes a little bit off the rails when he loses his mental uh, faculties. But uh, otherwise, it's a very dignified performance. Uh, it's not bad at all.
1: And in fairness, all of A Better Tomorrow 2 kind of goes off the rails a little bit, that middle section of the movie. Uh, but so when he passed away last year, I tweeted out that I was like, ah, RIP to a legend. And I had a a, a bunch of people not, not not like attack me or anything, but just point out that like they don't they weren't fans of Dean check. And I didn't even realize this was kind of a thing. And then I watched this scene and I was like, oh, my God, this is one of the most insufferable 15 minutes that I have subjected myself to in a very very long time the dubbing like you said is awful it grinds the movie to it has no narrative purpose really whatsoever in the movie it it just it's so blatant
0: it's something about like one of the things i forgot to mention The 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 uncle that cooks at the noodle stand they brought him back for cracked fingers and he hasn't paid his protection money. And then Simon Yoon's character is there to help or something like that. So that's the minor glue.
1: Yeah. But it really doesn't narratively advance everything. It's just like this vignette. Yeah, very much. And, uh, Oh, God, it's just awful. It's just insufferable. Like the rest of Master with Cracked Fingers, I can kind of be like, okay, especially the Mandarin version. The, the, oh, that, that scene is just. And the fact that if they didn't put that in, they could have structured the movie in a way that they don't cut out Pickpockets' story arc, which actually gives us some narrative depth and pathos to the movie. Oh,
0: do you need a cigarette, by the way?
1: <laughs> no, I'm okay. But I I was no, I I was watching, you know, because I watched Master with Crackfingers and then you sent me, like like you did say, you didn't make me watch this four times. You made me watch it twice and a couple of movies, but then I watched the two versions you sent me twice. So I still watched it four times. But I was watching the, the cut of the uh the
0: Dean Shack scene that you sent me from, I believe the American version where they, they cut up they cut it to about three or four minutes. Not that you notice it because it still you goes on for a long.
1: It was still awful. I was still just I was dying watching it. I'm like, how is this still going on here? If there's a reason that I am maybe more fond of Cub Tiger than I should be, it's not in an insignificant amount because it does not have Dean Shack in it.
0: Other movies, I'm thinking like there's, in, there's stuff in Dirty Ho and certainly other Wong uh, Ping movies, where where there are confrontations at uh, at tea house tables or even gambling tables, where there, where there is very creative and uh, conceptualized choreography as people try to get to each other and gain an advantage. Uh, whether they're uh, they're playing, but they, as a matter of fact, they're, it's playing disguised as fighting, and it's very intricate and cool. Uh, but but this isn't it. They're they're just trying to get a sellable element going here, that uh, they, they know the new people went to kung fu comedies. So I guess this is it. So just just do your thing, and uh, yeah. So so it's it's not uh, you know intricate, and uh, it's just a, a time waster, and um, and you you get numb, and uh, you don't want anything to do with uh, Dean Sheck ever again. You know, bless him, he's gone, but. Uh, this is not the legacy. It really isn't the legacy.
1: <laughs> no, no, no. It 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 is. It is. You know. You know me. I always try. When I whatever movie I watch, I typically try and always pull the positives out. I, I I'm a positive. Well, I'm not a positive guy. I'm a very depressed, negative guy in real life. That's why when I talk about movies, I try and be positive, and uh, and I try and pull the positives out when I'm talking about a movie. And. But for that scene, I think I could pull out quite a few positives of Master with Cracked Fingers. But that scene so wipes out any other goodwill. Not that there could be goodwill on a cheap exploitation cash-in, but you get what I'm saying. That scene so wipes out any positive vibes that I might have about the movie that it it makes it really
0: hard. And he wasn't great in Snake and Shadow, but as that um, instructor of the Kung Fu school that torments Jackie. And then Jackie gets his revenge after his gained skill. Structurally, I'm very much on board with that. Uh, Not that it's hilarious. It's a supporting role for a reason, so there's only like intermittent snippets of um, Dean Shek is there and we're supposed to hate him and we're supposed to cheer when Jackie gains an advantage over him and that's... Really, you you shouldn't overextend it and certainly not place it in a 15-minute chunk. So... There, there, there is an argument for how you use a broad performer like Dean check and snake and eagle Shadow is a good argument for yeah yeah this kind of works structurally it kind of works and uh, but the movie has other ideas and Dean check isn't its main idea but for a while here it seems like master with cracked fingers their main idea is Dean check and that's uh, and, and it might have spelled the uh, like market research says that if we put him in in the movie for five minutes we're gonna make x amount of dollars. But what if we put him into it for fifteen minutes? Can you imagine the amount of money we're going to make? But it, it's obviously a, an ill idea, to a tenth degree. So let's move on from that. Uh, let's. Uh, I'm going to round off my notes with uh, by dressing uh, the fight finales. I suppose uh, after the uh, w- the little we get of the Cup Tiger from Quang Tung end fight because it isn't this movie's end fight. After the finale, Kwan Yung Moon addresses Jackie. You know, after that end fight, he speaks from the uh, other side of the harbor to him and that's a solid enough illusion but it's structurally odd I- I- illusion that they're in the same movie but it's structurally odd that, that that wasn't a finale we're gonna get the finale, we're gonna make another finale so a training montage and a new night finale awaits because blindfold technique needs to be paid off they've set it up so they need to pay it off at points it looks like the acrobatic double for Jackie has uh, similar looking hair at least you know. at, at least it looks like uh, the same hair that uh, jackie would have uh, to a degree but now it strikes me i'm basing that note that <laughs> on the fact that it looks like jackie's hair circa 1979 so therefore it isn't actually good The 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 fighting uh, double uh, matches jackie 1979 and it's the footage from 1971 we're dealing with here so so actual minus points and plus they use drunken master footage here uh, so Jackie definitely doesn't look like his 1971 self based on the fact that he's eight years older. He's done his eye surgery by this point, bit ripped, more ripped, and um, that's a little misstep as well. It's great footage of his drunken fist demonstration from Drunken Master, but uh, it certainly doesn't uh, line up with uh, Cup Tiger, you know. But I do like the nighttime finale. Um, the two-on-one fights that he has before he uh, squares off with Kwan Yung Moon. He's pretty good-looking with double moves swiftly and has great acrobatic skill, whoever that person was, as he avoids the weapon, weapons. And uh, the one-on-one is decently complex, but I, I do prefer the weapons preamble, to be honest, over the f- the, the finale with Quan Young Moon, because I'm weak for weapons fights. Uh, it really uh, elevates fight scenes for... For me and uh, again as uh, as the movie as he finishes off kuan yung moon after he has slipped on a rock which is funny the movie is over and uh, i like efficiency like that so so there was that but the alternate end fight i'll have to say and maybe it comes down to me uh liking weapons choreography i kind of prefer the second half of it uh to the nighttime finale the the comedic side to it as the Chan double is dismantling Xiang kam that's a chore the fighting and the banter and the wah 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 sound effects and the lots of pig talk and pig fist uh, because the guy is fat, hardy hardy hard that's completely worthless but I do like the double and Kwan Yung Moon's uh, both short range one on one fights and then when uh, they inject weapons into it the spear sword versus spear fight i love the flow of that but it's in general i like the flow of such scenes anyway but uh, i thought the second half of uh, ironically the second half of the alternate daytime fight good and the first half of the nighttime fight was good mixed views on on both but uh that's it and it concludes with the snake style because snake and eagle shadow and all of that so
1: yep yep now i i think for me the the comedic stuff of the daytime fight it, it so took me out of it. it that was as awful for me as the dean shack scene yes and so i think i think if i just watched the second half of that fight in isolation i think i would probably be like oh this is actually a, you know a pretty decent fight but i was already so like angry <laughs> but then i was just like i just want the hurting to stop so so i'm <laughs> I'm still pretty solidly in the the nighttime fight from the Mandarin version, but they're 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 fine. They're I I, I think either one is certainly the high point of Master with cracked fingers. I mean, you you nailed it. the double. The double is very clearly very athletic and very talented. He doesn't look like Jackie or move like Jackie, but he's very clearly clearly talented. They're definitely the high points, I think of of whichever version of master with cracked fingers you watch
0: that is absolutely something i agree with uh, fully so so you so yeah uh whether this has uh, motivated you to go down this rabbit hole of uh, cup tiger from Guangdong and master with cracked fingers i don't know but um i wanted to produce a document of sorts uh, and, the, and the thing is you um, you can take the journey like we did because the availability is pretty decent here across the movies here. Yeah, the original movie, The Cub Tiger from Kwangtung, can be found on a DVD from Rescope. It was a, I, I, I found a copy, it was slightly expensive secondhand, but I'd say overall affordable. Uh, It is a faded cinema print with burned-in subtitles, but there are optional subtitles you can activate for those times the original subtitles drop below frame, so that's a good choice. The 1979 Asian ReCut and its English version can be found on a Region All Blu-ray from Germany and uh, the Mandarin version has English subtitles, Uh, so you get uh, those so you have three versions in total now across two discs. And if you really want to, uh, the shorter US version can be found on a cheap UK DVD in a partially widescreen print. And this is the version that has different dubbing as well. Uh, so really, you can you can have it all. It was kind of a miracle that the Cup Tiger from Guangdong turned up at a wall and it started on Japanese DVD. Uh, but uh, that, that's probably the... It's it's not gonna be bettered. No one's gonna find that version and restore it to HD levels. It's one of those movies that uh, it's a miracle we have the uh, it in the state that we do, which is a widescreen print as well. So it's not like we're stuck with a cropped subtitle print where seventy percent of the subtitles are cut off or anything. So um,
1: yeah, no, it's it's. I mean, it's a garbage-looking print, but it's eminently watchable. I mean, it's it's very watchable. Um, I've certainly seen worse prints, and and yeah, the. The burned in subtitles are typically pretty clear and like you said, it kicks in with uh, with overlaid subtitles if they drop off. So I I I think it's if you wanna see the movie, you know, it's a decent enough disc to, to track down.
0: But I do want to conclude this now and let you go so you can um, restore restore your health and uh, and uh, belief in life again after having endured these. But in all seriousness, thank you very much, Mike, for taking this uh, journey with me because uh, it's certainly not forced on you. I presented my clear and concise reasonings for doing this, the shameless infatuation with exploiting sellable elements and uh, sellable stars by uh, creating knockoff material this time based on old material and new material and even if the movies aren't highly rated uh, uh, once you can apply a high grade to this is what I wanted to do, that's why I wanted to watch these again and make as many notes as I can and have a document of um, what happened like in the wake of Jackie Chan's Breakthrough, we not only got Kung Fu comedies from Taiwan uh, starring uh, starring a variety of actors uh, reminding us of uh, oh, he's a light-hearted Jackie Chan-like hero but we also got products like this and it was the trend of the marketplace here and there and in an intermittent fas- fashion. you be the judge where what is harder to do to mix and match like this or just find find someone that sort of reminds us of Jackie Chan and make uh, a knockoff uh, kung fu comedy that way
1: I love this shit I'm so glad you asked me to do this you certainly did not force me to do this I jumped on the chance to do it um because I'm I'm like you I'm just I'm fascinated with the history of this stuff and I love being able to pull those threads and see where things go and what they mean and and uh so as much as you know watching having to watch that dean shack scene like five times was was just painful for me not even
0: i watched it five times <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I, was, what's I happening?
1: was just so happy to happy to jump on this and do it I, I really appreciate you asking me to come along on this journey
0: thank you very much and uh yeah let's uh, let's exhale and uh, put it to bed and uh, do some quick contact information so all your podcast on fire network needs including the back catalog of podcast on fire that now includes a big old examination of the cup tiger from Tung versus master with cracked fingers. go to our website podcastonfire.com find us wherever you get podcasts including Apple podcasts uh, Spotify stitcher radio and uh, our social media links including relevant links to this episode. Will be found in the show post and on the site permanently. On the site permanently. So, that's me, me plugged out. You're the honorary co-producer and uh, guest. So, um, why don't you remind the kids of uh, where they can find your rebranded podcast?
1: Yeah, you can find Action for Everyone, which also includes the old episodes of Adkins Undisputed. Uh, anywhere you listen to podcasts: iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Anchor, SoundCloud, all of the above. Uh, you can follow me personally on Twitter at Hibachi Justice and on Letterboxd at Hibachi Justice. You can follow the show uh, on Twitter at A4E Podcast. Uh, and then I did mention it earlier. Like I said, I'll just shout out a few weeks ago uh, neonsplatter.com. I wrote an article about 1996 when Jackie Chan conquered the Sundance Film Festival uh, by premiering Rumble in the Bronx there. It was a uh, personal. Memory of being at that Sundance and seeing Rumble in the Bronx at that Sundance and what that meant to me as a Jackie Chan fan. Um, so uh, you know, again, splatter dot com. Check that out if you guys want to read that.
0: Uh, I'll make sure to uh, I'll make sure to place a link uh, for that. And uh, ironically, or not ironically, but the, the sort of the connective tissue, the one movie that, that really kicked off my Jackie Chan fandom was Rumble in the Bronx. Uh, watching it on. On vhs and the local vhs thankfully it was the new line version expectedly but uh, what i didn't expect uh, was that uh, without any fanfare on on the cover or anything they put out a widescreen print on vhs so, so i was like that's cool i can you know it seems like a very fair experience here so yeah, and and i still like it i own a couple of a uh, couple of versions uh, of it got a cheap laser disc of it and it's always fun to watch um, rubble in the bronze I, I, I is that Common or not so common that they debut uh, genre films like that at Sundance?
1: Not common. Um, Typically horror they debut, you know, like the Blair Witch Project premiered there. Hereditary premiered there. Jackie premiering a movie like this at Sundance was a pretty big friggin deal uh, in 1996. Um, You know, that's kind of what I wrote about. Uh, You don't usually find a ton. It is. I feel like Sundance was getting a little bit more action-heavy, but then uh, Fantastic Fest down in Austin kicked in, and I feel like that's kind of taken a lot of that action genre away from Sundance. So, you know, those movies typically premiere at Fantastic Fest now, things like – Timo Gigantos the night comes for us and and I think even The Raid 2 premiered at Fantastic Fest you know that's where they go now like if there was a movie like that that was going to premiere here it would premiere at Fantastic Fest but for one night in 1996 uh Rumble in the Bronx ruled the world man and it was glorious
0: and and obviously we're gonna, we're going to point the uh, listeners to it but uh, just to give a little uh, tease um yeah, Because I've read it, but I, I, I've forgotten, actually. Was he present? Was Jackie present to to uh, to present the movie?
1: So they played it twice. So the thing is, is, Sundance technically takes place in Park City, which is about 25, 30 minutes from Salt Lake. So Sundance does screenings in Salt Lake. So he was at the Park City premiere. I was the next night in the Salt Lake City premiere, and he was not present for that one, um, unfortunately. So I did not get to see him, but I did get to see the movie. Um, and I got to see the movie at the theater that turned me into the Hong Kong fan I am. So that was kind of, there was a nice little poignancy there for that as well, uh, which people can see if they read the article. Cause I talk a lot about this theater here called the tower theater and how important it was to me. So, um, it's an article I'm pretty proud of. I'm not always proud of stuff I write, but I'm, I'm pretty proud of that one. So, uh, hopefully people will check it out
0: again. Thank Mike. Yeah. For you. Thank you, Mike, for, um, taking this journey uh, with me and uh, we're going to bury it uh, bury it, uh, and, uh, but let it permanently live as a podcast uh, and we, we never have to venture down this road again of Cup Tiger and the crack fingers uh, but uh, thank you again and uh, we're going to sign off so I've been going to be uh, with me was Michael Scott of uh, the A4E podcast so say goodbye to the Jackie Chan fans. <laughs> goodbye Jackie Chan fans. And Dean Czech fans uh, we definitely uh, have enraged. <laughs>
1: No, fuck you, Dean Shaq
0: fans. (laughs) (laughs) Like, no, no, it's art. It's art. It's 15 minutes of art. Misunderstood. No, it's not.